I want to challenge all of you today as I bring this message to be listening to the Lord in what he's saying to you personally. If I preach right today by the Spirit, you'll hear God's voice speaking to you on top of what I'm saying. That's the way it should be. So you should, in a sense, be hearing two voices at the same time, mine and his. Also, our hearts should be penetrated in any areas that he needs to penetrate. One of my prayers lately has been, God, anything in me that you wanna pierce and penetrate, pierce it, Lord. I don't want it anymore. I don't wanna say the same anymore. And the darker this world gets, and especially having little kids, I realize that the Lord has the, the crosshairs of his scope on you and me. You're his target. Let's just say that together. Say, I am, I am his, target. his target. Because he loves you and he cares about you. Today, we're gonna talk about goodwill towards men, meaning that he has a thought and an aim towards you. And so I challenge you this morning as I bring this word, because I'm sure it's gonna apply to every single one of us here. And thank you for being here, by the way. I wanna say thank you. I know that there are hundreds of churches in this city. And the fact that you made the choice to come here and those of you watching online, I want you to know that I don't take that lightly or for granted. I'm thankful. And when I walk in this house and I see you, the fact that God would allow me to have an influence in any way, shape, and form in your life is a special privilege. And I don't take it for granted. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. In my best day, I couldn't have got you here to watch online. And I know so many of y'all have enjoyed my preaching and the messages and the worship, but really it's been the Lord. I mean, we got some guys here, I'm already gonna start calling y'all out, <laughs> that it had to be God. Let's just say it had to be God. We'll just start there, right? That's right. And so I wanna start off by saying to all of you that are listening by podcast, watching online, or here this morning. There's not one of us in this room that doesn't have to fight against anxiety, fear, worry, uncertainties, doubt, lies, hatred, disunity, discord. Every single one of us, including myself on a daily basis, has to take a stand against it. You're not alone. Let's say that, I'm not alone. You're not alone, but so many times we feel alone. And if you're battling anxiety, stress, worry, fear, doubt, if you've been battling lies that your life is not worth living anymore, you're in the right place. Thank you. You said yes to come to a place where you can get some hope and you can get some answers. So stop beating yourself up and feeling like you're less than and what's the matter with you. Shame tells you that there's something wrong with you. But see, again, as I've been teaching, you have been created in God's image. And it's only through being born again that we regain the likeness. But when you give your life to Christ, you get his image and his likeness. And probably the greatest compliment I could ever receive is if somebody looks at my life and I am an accurate reflection of Christ to them in how I love and how I treat one another. All the world will know you're his disciples by how well you love. Your love is the key indication of who you are. And when we don't love right, we don't reflect right. And people are looking for authenticity. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. That's why we own, just own it in the sense of, look, I'm battling worry, fear, stress, anger, whatever it is, but I know that that's not who I am and I know that there's hope somewhere else and if you don't know it today, I'm gonna give it to you. You don't have to go through life destitute. You are not destitute. I know I'm speaking to some of you today. God has got your number and when I get up in this pulpit, I don't get up here to just preach what I think is a nice message. I ask the Father every single day and for the next week, I'll do it again and we, the next week, I'll do it again. Lord, what do you wanna say to those people that show up week in and week out or those people that are gonna be, even if you're here for the first time, 
the Lord can know exactly what you wanted and needed, more than wanted, but needed to hear. And what if God can strike his arrow in every single one of our hearts at the same time? My prayer and worship was, Lord, pull back the bow. Pull it back, God. Rest the arrow on the whiskers and set the scope right on my heart and pierce me. I don't wanna leave here the same. I've been doing church a long time and every time I come, I come expectant that my life will be fueled and flamed on and changed and I'll walk out different. And thank you to this worship team because this is my kind of worship. For some, so many, it's a struggle because a lot of times we're not singing songs that you know or they're lingering like Jordan was talking about. But this, see, this provides an opportunity for you to sing a new song in the spirit from your own heart. <clears throat> and so many times that's what we need more than anything else. So today I want you to believe that whatever it is that you're wrestling with and struggling with, the hurts, the struggles, the pains, the fear, the worry, the doubt, the loneliness, the isolation, the lack of peace, let's believe today that, that through the worship and this word and the prayer that'll come at the end of this message, that we'll walk out of here differently. Who wants to agree with that with me? Are y'all in agreement? Then let's believe it to happen. Come on. So as I mentioned, every day provides an opportunity to fear. Every day provides an opportunity. Sometimes it's minute by minute. The devil's constantly accusing us, which an accusation is designed to make you think something's wrong with you or that you've done something illegal or wrong or that God's angry and mad and that you're gonna face these terrible punishments and consequences. And it doesn't mean that there's not. But see, if you don't understand the Father's love and how much he cares about you as sons and daughters, you'll walk in even the fear of his discipline. I don't want my kids to walk in the fear of my discipline. I want them to have a healthy understanding of what it means to be obedient and to love right and to live right and to know that even when I discipline, I'm for them. And so, so many of us are battling these fears and these worries and these doubts, and we don't know how to get rid of them. I pray for so many of you. Sometimes all I know to do is lay my hand on your head and just pray for you. And sometimes that's the best answer because when you're a son of peace, you can bring peace to someone else's life. In Luke chapter 10, when Jesus sent out the 72, he said, go into a house, and when you walk in there, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. But if there's no peace there or they're not a son of peace, that peace will return to you. So God sets up these divine encounters to connect you with people where you will bring peace to someone else that's in torment. But if you're not walking in peace, you will never be a peacemaker. And there's discord and strife and fear and worry and doubt and lies and disunity, and the church has been divided. But through proper peace in your heart, you can bring healing and peace to other people's life. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. In Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, we read that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. In Luke chapter two, verse 14, when the angels made the declaration first to the shepherds, by the way, about the birth of the Messiah, they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to men. Both of these scriptures are prophetic declarations of the coming Messiah. One of them relates to who he is and what we'll call him, the Prince of Peace. But the other one points to the result of his coming and what he continuously provides. So one is a declaration of his name and who he is. The other one is the result of his coming and what should be happening in our lives. He's the prince of peace. The term prince has two connotations. It's an executive judicial branch and a military branch. He has executive authority and he has militant authority. What that means is that he's a general, a captain, a commander, 
but he's also a governor, a leader, a ruler of rulers, a steward, and the chief. There's no greater source of peace. And the fact that it's a militant term means that every single day you're in a war and in a battle to find and maintain peace. Because he's the prince of peace, you've got to understand you are in a battle. This is why people are numbing out on drugs and alcohol and addiction and sex and fear and worry and isolation and entertainment and social media, all of the things that we do because we lack peace or we run to find peace from another source. But this source of peace, hear me clearly, provides a peace different than any peace you will get from anywhere else on this earth. No drink, no drug, no money, nothing can provide peace the way that the prince of peace does. Because prince, again, is executive authority, both militant and judicially. He's at the top. He has an endless reservoir of peace. And let's be honest, so many of us run to other things to continuously find peace. But it never satisfies. That's why I went to how many Grateful Dead concerts, Jeremy? 45, 45 Grateful Dead concerts, that's right. That's why I smoked big fat joints night and day and tripped acid and got high and slept around. I did all those things. I know so many of you know my story, but some of you are new and you don't. I lived full scale in the world like a hellion. I did not know the Lord, so I really can't say that I was in rebellion to his truth because I didn't know him. I was ignorant. I didn't know. But why did I keep running back? Why do we keep running back to porn? Why do we keep running back to comforts of this world? Because in the moments of stress, worry, anxiety, in the moments of hurt and pain, don't we wanna cover it up, numb it out, and feel better and find peace? I'm telling you right now, everything points back to a pursuit of peace. And when you are at peace, my friends, the devil does not stand a chance. He doesn't stand a chance. The devil's already been defeated, already been disarmed by the prince. There's this eternal conflict. It's like I see a boxing ring, and in one corner, we have the prince of peace. And in the other corner, we have the prince of darkness. But here's the funny thing about this boxing match. The bell's already rung. The fight's already over. The devil's already defeated. The cross has already happened. Listen, you've got to understand what it means to really walk in a position of peace. See, this is not mental peace that I conjure up. You can't conjure up this peace. We're not living a life of being comfortably numb, like Pink Floyd saying. Oh, how's it feeling now? Just comfortably numb. Ship sailing on the sea. You got nothing to worry about. That's how I used to live. I used to live comfortably numb. I lived in the numb, numb hotel. Constantly, I'm serious. And don't we, when we're struggling and we have these unresolved issues and hurts and pains and root systems that manifest, don't we want to run to the numb, numb hotel? Come on, just be honest. Some of y'all's best friend is named Jack, or you're running to a false crown because all those things bring false comforts that don't last. You know I own this message, right? This, I, I, you, I know this message. The, I have authority on this message, just so that you all know. So he's both judicial and militant, and the term Prince of Peace means that he has authority in the battle. He has authority in the battle. And I can tell you right now, marriages are under attack, springs are popping, kids are running, fear, worry, anxiety, men are struggling, Probably one out of three men are battling pornography and addiction and it porn kills love. It creates false, it's killing our kids. Parents are checked out. Kids are getting phones with no restrictions and no accountability. They're watching anything that, you, that they wanna watch. They're being taught more by Disney than by their parents. And the world's making so many things normal that's not normal by God's design and God's standards. 
Jesus is the, is the possessor and source of all true peace. You will not find any other peace than like what you get from the Prince of Peace. And whenever I'm not in peace, I have a source. Let's say that I have a source. And we have to make the choice in every moment to run to that source versus the source of our other comforts. Peace, the word peace points to harmony, agreement, unity, friendship, love, rest. Now, actually, I'm gonna give you a list of things. Let's do it this way. I'm gonna read to you some terms of what peace really means. I want you to ask yourself if any of these things are missing in your life. Harmony, agreement, unity, friendship, love, rest, safety, security, confidence, trust, being calm, relaxed, being still, and being content. Ask yourself, what am I missing? And if you're missing any of those things, why am I missing it? Where's it coming from? It usually points back to the antonyms of peace, which are fear, worry, doubt, lack of trust, hatred, discord, disagreement, being agitated, and wars within us and outside of us. All of those things point back to true lordship, a lack of true lordship, and missing the mark in his goodwill towards us through sin. So I would be a, a compromised pastor if I didn't talk to you all about sin. Sin simply means missing the mark of his excellence. You have to see it that way. God has a standard. Why? Because he knows what's best for you. He's a father. So you have to understand for your own kids, if you love your kids, he loves you more, but you genuinely should know what's best for your kids when you're raising them and you don't want them to miss the mark of excellence because if they do, it could kill them. And that's the way it is with the father. You've got to see this understanding that all of, of the reason why God puts his design of what sin is and isn't is because he loves you. Just live any amount of life in sin and you'll understand how sin kills. It never satisfies. It never fills the void within us. That was my story. Reggae clubs, dead shows, concerts, parties, drugs, 4 a.m., night after night after night, and then I'd wake up at 11 in the morning or 12 every day, and when I would wake up with a hangover or wondering what did I do the night before, I would have a void inside of me. So I, I had this huge gaping hole inside my gut. Can anybody relate? And so for me, I had to have something that would fill that void, but what the problem was, was I was living in sin. Now, I can't make myself get out of sin, only the blood and the cross and Jesus and through his help and guidance, can I get out of it? But I needed something better. I needed something different. Because I could sit here and beat you all up about sin and say, you got to get sin out of, your mark, out of your life. But until you get Jesus and the blood and the cross in your life, you put the cart before the horse. See, so many Western Americanized churches will preach hard against sin, but they're not teaching you to first come and have a life in Christ and let him do the cleaning. Jesus will clean you up. I'm not worried about my friends here. Just what I want is you to give your life to Christ. All y'all is if I can get you to surrender your life to Christ, well, here's what I know. Jesus will do the rest. And you keep showing up here and I'll keep preaching the truth. You don't break God's laws, they break you. Go jump out of a two-story window or five-story building and see what happens. You can't stop the law of gravity. Sin kills us. It will kill me too. So it's not against you. There's a reason why I keep the door shut on porn and the temptation on my phone. There's a reason why I, I wanna do all I can to love everyone perfectly because God took it long beyond lust and drugs. I'm, those aren't the issue. The issue is how I treat you and what I try to take from you inside of my heart. He took it even a step further. He's like, now that we got some of those other petty little things out, let's get to perfect love to see how you treat your wife. Let's talk about how you treat your wife. God always takes it a step further because he doesn't want to leave us the same. 
when we don't have true lordship in our life, then we are being our own lords and it will never lead to peace. It will always live in sin. And here's what I wanna say to you. When we miss the mark, we miss his goodwill towards us. Listen to what I'm telling you. When we miss the mark, we miss his goodwill towards us. Here's why. In the moment of sin, I'm not living in his goodwill. God takes no pleasure in a sinful life. He loves you. Hear me. He loves me. There's never he loves me not. He always loves you. But God does not take pleasure in a sinful life. It doesn't have anything to do with him loving you. But sin is not his, think about the words, good will. So in the moment of choosing sin, I'm not choosing his good will. Now listen, I have told you guys this so many times. You have an advocate, you have mercy, you have grace. You have the kindness of God for your life. And I'll demonstrate that to you because I've seen so much mercy. Thank God for, let's just thank God for his mercy. Okay? But that, but this does not, mercy does not negate the fact that God has called you higher. And I'm gonna call us all up higher. This is me too, I'm preaching to my own self. The, it's not like, oh, I've arrived the battle and you know what, I never battled the, it's over. I, I just arrived. It doesn't happen that way. All of us will continuously have to fight this fight against the lies of the enemy that wants to rob our peace. This word goodwill points to God's desires and intentions and purposes towards you. It always points to being at peace, living in his good pleasure, his delight, and his kindness. So it's goodwill towards you. So God has a good intention for you. His intention is to give you hope in a future and not to harm you. God is always for you. Listen to me. The Father is always for you. No matter where you've been or what you've done or how many bridges you burned down or how bad you think you are, God can save the worst of the worst of the worst. So goodwill towards you means God always has a delight and a pleasure and a life and a promise. It never stops no matter what you do. It never stops. But the problem is, is when we make that choice to get out of it, our receiver shuts off. Your Wi-Fi goes down and you have no reception. He never stops thinking and giving it towards you. But now suddenly my receiver and my Wi-Fi is off. Have you ever gone someplace where you desperately needed Wi-Fi service and you had no coverage or cell service? Like, man, you got to talk to somebody, but your phone keeps cutting off. That's the way it is with the Lord. Is that when we continue to choose to be obstinate, you know what it means to be obstinate? It means that I'm stubbornly choosing a course of action and I'm refusing to change. Please, my friends, I love you. I love your kids. I love your family deeply. God loves you. Make the choice to not be obstinate. Say yes and let God do what he does best in your life. God still sends no matter what, but we don't live in peace when our receiver's broken and our Wi-Fi's off. Our greatest enemy is ourself and the poison of sin that resulted from the fall. Jesus came to save us from us. So whenever you hear the term like, you need to get saved, or did they get saved, or I got saved, who is God saving you from? Yourself, that's right. See, the devil has no power unless we give it to him. We're the ones that choose to open the door. Jesus came to bring peace in the voided places deep within us. When we live in sin, fear, shame, and control always ensue and there's no peace. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. Let's talk about fear, shame, and control for a minute. The result of sin, whether you try to make it happen or not, is always fear, shame, and control. It's a lack of peace. 
Now, the good news is, let me give you the best news. Because of the cross and the blood, and if you'll repent and run back to the, listen, do it over and over and over and over. I don't care how many times you fall, at some point, if you'll keep running to the Father, he has a way because he loves you, he'll pull you out, he did it for me. So what I'm not gonna do is, nobody in here needs to feel shame or beat up today, but what you do need to know is in general, Jesus died for your sins, so you don't have to live in them anymore. And I'm gonna show you here in a little bit that he took the chastisement of your peace. So what you deserve, he took on the cross. So there's good news, and good news is really great in the midst of bad news. Here's the bad news. We're combusting. We don't see peace and goodwill on earth. We're seeing wars, division, fights. Our nation's in turmoil. <clears throat> There's a fight every day. But here's the good news. The devil's already been defeated. The bell's already rung. The champion's already been crowned. He's already been disarmed. So why do you keep giving him back his weapons? You guys know I... So I talk a lot about casting out demons because I think that should be normal. I, I really do. I don't ever try. They just happen to manifest and rear their head on random occasions. There's other ways to bring deliverance without demons having to just rear their ugly head, shut the door and tell them to get out and give your life to Christ and get covered in the blood and they have to go. And you got stuff in your house that shouldn't be in your house, get it out. Your little Buddhas and your witchcraft stuff and your, all your stuff that you used to have that's idolatry, just get it out. Get your house clean. It's time to clean house. There's a good word for 2024. There's my 2024 word. Let's say it together. It's time to clean house. That's right, that's right. Isn't this such a great word? Don't you all already feel peace on the word that I'm preaching right now? So fear, shame, and control. I was afraid. So I covered myself with a fig leaf and I hid. You know how many phantom disciples, you know what I love about some of these guys here, you guys right here, this third row? Not y'all, just them. I am so proud of y'all. You know, you know why? And some of you watching online, in fact, so many of you here, you'll take a spiritual punch right in the face and keep coming back for more. And I respect that. Am I right? And that's what I say. If you love me, spiritually punch, punch me right in the face. Love me, but I don't need you to coddle me. Right, Brandon? That's a conversation we have. It's real conversations and straight talk right from the heart of the Father with perfect love and no selfish ambition. There's nobody trying to control anybody here. We're all under the prince. Oh my God, it, just the prince. Just say the name, the prince. He shall be called. This is a house for his name, Wes. You are standing under the prince of peace today. Woo, feel the anointing underneath. I don't care where you've been and what you did or how mad you've been. Some of y'all just live like the devil night and day and then you walk in this house and suddenly here's the prince. And you know what I say? Keep running to the prince. You know why? Because there's an endless source. Man, I just feel the Lord on that right now. You guys feel that? Isn't God good? You gotta let go of control. You'll never have peace if you're, if you're in control. Even though peace and goodwill towards men is available to all of us, sadly, we're seeing a world of chaos and confusion and darkness and lies and anger and division and all the things that we go through, all the things that we see others go through. And even though we were once, it should be were once, but sometimes we still are, right? <coughs> when you come to Christ, the enemy within dies with him. Oh, that's a good word. When you come to Christ, the enemy within dies with him because it's under the blood. You just don't know it because we believe in lies from the enemy and we keep opening up the door to a disarmed enemy. That old you's dead if you're born again. If you're not born again and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I am telling you, Give it all to him and surrender. You can do it here today, 
right now at the altar, in your car, in the shower. I don't care when, where, or how. I got no clicker button, and you're not a feather in my cap. I know people that have flamed on and never answered an altar call. They just said yes to the Lord in their heart, and he did the rest. But we think we have to have our formulas. I'm telling you right now, you will always combust without Christ. And at some point, God will have his way, and you'll say, I'm tired of combusting. Isn't that right, David? Isn't that right? And I can say it to so many of you here. I got tired of combusting, so I had to surrender all. Every day I have to surrender all. Every day I wanna be made new. Every day provides an opportunity for me to be angry and frustrated at somebody. And even though we were once our own worst enemy, there's another enemy. Let's say that, there's another enemy. <laughs> that other enemy, the devil, Satan, is doing all he can to ensure that none of us find peace and goodwill that's so readily available to us. So we're all in a battle all of us are in a battle today. Some of us are battling our past failures and the lies of all the bridges we burned down. But you're never stuck. See, God fixes broken. Lauren once said, God paints with ashes. Oh man, she got emotional on that. He trades, he trades your ashes for beauty. I don't care where you've been or what you've done or how bad you think you were, God will take your ashes and paint something beautiful out of your life. Isn't that right, Jason? All of us are in a battle. Sometimes it's familiar spirits and you think it's you. So you were, you were held captive by a demon that followed you around from your childhood and they followed your parents around. This was generational. And then you gave your life to Christ and then suddenly those same things keep coming back and you think it's you, but it's a familiar spirit. Family spirit, familiar spirit. It's like, where did this come from? I don't, that's not in me. I was sitting down on my computer and all of a sudden a voice says, you need to click and look at some porn. I'm like, wait a minute, where did that come from? That's not in my heart anymore. And then the father says, I know that's not from you, but you have to learn to discern the voices because multiple voices can speak. The devil, yourself, other people, the spirit of this age. You have to understand where the voices are coming from because some of y'all think the voices in your head are you. It's like Pink Floyd saying, there's someone living in my head and it's not me, dark side of the moon. I know all those albums. I'll use all those lyrics against the enemy. How's that? Where my, where's my early 70s crew at? There's Travis. Come on, y'all. It's the 1970s legacy right here. You got to learn to fight right. Remember, if you're not fighting, you've already been captured. If you're not fighting, you've already been captured. So let's get you out of captivity. The great news is, is that whether it's the devil or yourself, both have been defeated. It's not even a fair fight. This is not even a fair fight. It's like me showing up with a knife and somebody showing up with an AR it's not even a fair fight. That's how it is with the enemy. You got the spiritual AR, he's got a water pistol, and it's out of water. <laughs> Colossians 2.15. I shared this with you last week, I'm sharing it again. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a, so he didn't just disarm them, he humiliated them. Look at the scripture. He did not just take away the power and authority and the weapons. He put them to a public, public spectacle and then triumphed over them. This is a step further. So the devil has been defeated. He's disarmed. 
I'm going to say this again. If he's been disarmed, why do you keep giving him back his weapon? And you can say to yourself, I don't know why I keep doing that, but I don't want to keep doing that. And if you say in your heart, I don't want to keep doing that, you've said the right thing. Only when your enemy's disarmed can he be crushed. Romans 16, 20. Now, I want you to notice something about the scripture. I talked a little bit about it recently, but I'm gonna show it to you again. I want you to notice what this says and doesn't say. It does not say, and the God of anger, hate, strife, division, worry, anxiety, or even the God of war. Why does it say the God of peace? Let me tell you, whenever I have a demon manifest, randomly at whether prayer lines, my office, wherever it's at, whenever they rear their head, the first thing that the enemy looks for is if you're afraid. And, and so if I look at somebody like, how many of you can smell fear? You can smell fear, right? Y'all can smell fear a mile away. You know a second, the minute that your enemy's afraid that they're defeated. Am I right? Because they fear you. So what happens is, when the, then the Lord prepared me in advance for when these demons would manifest. That's, remember I told you the story about the lady that wanted to kill her son who, and she was made a blood covenant with Satan in a Wicca contract. You guys remember that? Some of you are like, no, I don't remember that story. But I've told this story. When I told the lady that the blood of Jesus cancels the contract, she said, don't say that. And then she jumped up and I, my hair stood on. I said, oh, I'm in for a good fight now. I said, the blood of Jesus, listen, I said it more firmly, the blood of Jesus can cancel the contract. And as soon as I said that, she jumped to her feet. She lifted up her hand and she was gonna smack me or punch me in the face. And I got even more aggressive. I got right in her face. I looked right in her eyes and I said, devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. And instantly her arm went down and she was deflated. But had I been afraid, not confident, looking her in the eye, those demons that try to manifest, they, some of them have real power too. You can get a little old five foot one, 115 pound stripper girl and she's got more power than 10 full grown men. I've seen it. Seriously, right? It's like superhuman strength. And if you, this is why you can't have any fear or they will rip your clothes off and you'll be running away naked. You'll be naked and afraid. You'll be in the show. You'll be in the show. Y'all are laughing because you like that show. I know why you're laughing. I don't know what it is about sending naked people into the forest alone, into the jungle alone, but it's like so fascinating, right? Anyway, I better change the topic or your mind's gonna go in a whole wrong direction. But you see the God of peace. Don't we all desperately want and need peace in our life? There's something about somebody that's not afraid and calm and no matter how bad it is, they trust God and they're resilient and they're rested and they're trusting. There's something about a person like that, but that only comes from a person like him. He's, he is the ultimate provider of peace. Let me tell you what peace is. Peace is power under restraint. Jesus had the ability at any moment to call down legions of angels and deliver himself. And he said, no one has the power to take my life. I lay it down freely. Listen to the power of this word. This is ultimate peace. You can't take my life. And even if you killed me, I've already preached hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons and messages. And I have kids and I have many spiritual sons and daughters in this house. You will take the message further. I'm not afraid of that. You understand, death has lost its sting. But the point I'm trying to make to you is that the ultimate, to be at peace is power under restraint. You can't properly bring deliverance to someone without complete peace in yourself. Peace has to rule in your heart. The question is, what's ruling your heart? Colossians 3.15. And the, 
notice this scripture. This is a powerful word. Colossians 3.15 says, the peace of God will rule your heart. Look at the scripture. Which always leads to unity and being thankful. Thankfulness and unification, being unified with one another, is a true telltale sign of peace in your heart. What's ruling our hearts? What should rule my heart? Unity and gratitude. See, anxiety, fear, shame, and control are indicators of a lack of peace, which is why you need the peace of God to guard and protect your hearts always. Now, I'm not gonna read Philippians 4, 6 through 9, but I'll sum it up for you. It tells you how to think. It tells you to always be in agreement. It tells you to be anxious for nothing, but in all things, constantly commune and make your requests known to God. So I'm always talking, communing with God. And then it says that the peace of God will be with me and guard my heart because I'm choosing to think on things that are noble, praiseworthy, upright, and true. I'm choosing to make the choice to meditate on the goodness of God. See, God's always good. There's never a time God's not good. And when we are in fear and worry or even sin, we lack good will, and then we question the goodness of God in every situation. God is still good no matter what you've been through. He never changes being good. He always loves you as a son. He's never changed. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. And there's no situation that God can't either turn around or change you in the midst of it. I've been married and divorced before, and I thought my life was over. I burned down more bridges. I've been, I made more mistakes as a Christian than when I wasn't a Christian. You know why? Because I knew better. And look at my life today. In my best day, I couldn't have got this woman. She swore she'd never marry anybody like me. Been in prison. She's like, I'll never marry. She said this. I'll never marry anybody that's done drugs. Number one, she's never done a drug. So I blew that one out of the water. Somebody that's never been married blew that out of the water. Somebody that's never been in prison blew that out of the water. And someone that's a pastor that's 13 and a half years older blew that out of the water. And it's not in my best day. Trust me, she even says every day, I don't know how God did it, but he must have blinded. He must have blinded me to the truth, she says. And I say, well, thank God he blinded your eyes because I got you, yeah. <laughs> The peace of God guards your heart. You need a guard. So if he, it's a militant term, you need to be guarded. He guards your heart when you meditate on the truth and you choose to commune with him com consistently. I guarantee you everyone that I meet that comes in my office that tells me they're worried, anxious, afraid, upset, angry, bitter, unforgiving, they forget to spend time with the Lord and they got out of the secret place and stopped reading their Bible and meditating and listening and every single time it's a slow fade. Every time. And I'll leave you with this last thing, John 14, 27. After Jesus resurrected, the disciples were afraid of the Jews and living in fear. So when Jesus walked through the wall and into the room, what does he say? He says, peace I live. Notice these words that Jesus gave when they were in, see the contrast. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Any place that you have fear in your heart or your life is an absence of perfect love. And any place you have an absence of perfect love, you will have an absence of peace. Fear and trouble in our hearts are peace stealers. Fear and heart trouble are thieves and liars. Fear and trouble in the heart come from the father of lies. And they have one purpose and it's to rob your peace. And when we don't understand where to go for the source of true peace, we run to the things of this world to find it. I'm tired of running to the pig trough. I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of living in worry and doubt, aren't you? The peace he leaves us with us never leaves us. If he left it, let's bring that scripture back up. Where's it at? It's still with us. Now, he left it. It's for the taking. 
Today, you don't have to leave here depressed, anxious, worried, or afraid. Today, you don't have to let the lies of sin. You don't even have to have a sin consciousness anymore, which always brings fear. It's covered under the blood. You are in Christ when you're born again. So why are we even having a consciousness of sin when it's covered under the blood? I have a God consciousness. I'm a prisoner. You are a pris- You should be a prisoner now. I'm, I've been captured. You've been captured, beloved. Isaiah 55, 3. Or 53.5, thank you. Just everybody take a moment to read this scripture. If he was chastised for our peace, that means he took every single thing that would rob your peace. And let me tell you what I'm teaching you today is an everyday reality. And I have to remind myself every day. You know, you have to remind yourself when things are going really sideways. Every day we remind ourselves. He, the cross, because of the cross. Let's say that because of the cross. The chastisement. He took all the, the slander. He took all of the suffering that you are carrying often, he took it on the cross so you didn't have to carry it. That's the gospel. That is the good news. So when those things get on my shoulders, which they do, when those things knock on my door, which they do, when kids, just have kids and you'll have every minute of an opportunity to lose your peace. (laughs) Y'all are easy as the kids like, what happened to you? Who are you? I'm like, <laughs> am I right? All right. Okay, now listen, I'm gonna, we're gonna pray for you. I love you guys. Number one, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. You can't make peace till you get peace. And do you know the Bible says that when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, He'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's right. Psalm 23, he prepares a table for my enemies. And instead of your cup overflowing, you're pulling out your nine. Your spirit, you're serious, seriously. <clears throat> your cup should overflow to be a peacemaker to the worst of the worst, but instead you're ready to shoot them down or take something from them. When you go house to house, are you going to take or to give? When I used to travel in the corporate world, my clients would say, hey, why don't you stay at my house instead of a hotel? I'd say, I'd love that. You know why? Because when I went to their house, I carried the presence of God so that no matter what was in their house, I brought something into it to bring them life. I never went to take something from them. It would have been easier to stay in a fancy big hotel and my company would have paid for it. But I'd rather come stay at your house. I know some of you are like, man, pastor can't come stay at our house because imagine what he'd see if he saw what was at my house. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised and I'd probably get a chuckle and I would enjoy watching what God did to you while I was there. That's how that works, all right? Okay, guys, I'm gonna pray for you. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Close your eyes for a moment. The Prince of Peace is here. Imagine yourself standing under a waterfall and the river's name is Peace. He is the source. He has an endless supply. You don't need to carry that anger, bitterness, fear. We've all made mistakes. 
let it go. It's not as the world gives. You can't get this kind of peace anywhere else. My prayer, Lord, is that everyone here today would run to you, the Prince of Peace. He shall be called unto us. A child is born, a son is given. You've been given the greatest gift of all today. Take it. Tell him you're sorry. Repent in your heart. Don't be obstinate today. You cannot refuse to make a change and be stubborn. And if you do, just keep coming back. God's gonna get you. That's my prayer. God, get him. I'm praying that God would get you. You can resist, but I'm praying God would get you. Just say, God, get me. Whatever you want, just get me, Lord. My life is yours. I surrender all. Sorry, Lord, for running back to the pig trough. I'm sorry for running back to the things of this world. I'm sorry for trying to find comfort in any pleasures of this world. Nothing can satisfy. And I pray for every one of you that even if Satan has sifted you as wheat, that when you return, you would strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. Be a peacemaker now. Repent for fighting in your own strength. Be a peacemaker now. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemakers are identified as sons and daughters. And I pray that every area of your life, your home, your car, your work, your job, everything you do would be invaded by the presence of God. I pray for a holy invasion. I am praying against the demonic lies of your life. And I'm praying that you would be caught a prisoner of love and the goodness of God. I bless your children, your babies, your sons and daughters, moms and dads. And I declare that you will flame on and you'll stay hot no matter what anybody else says. Go all in. You cannot be too spiritual. Find true peace in the Prince of Peace. And I pray strength to you, nourishment to you. Lord, hook your Holy Ghost IV right up to our arms and fill us with your power and your love, your peace and your strength. Every desire of your heart, everything you long for, everything you're believing for, that's of the Lord, I'm in agreement. And we shut the door to sin and we stop missing the mark. And I speak strength to you in health by the blood of Jesus and the power of God that you would have the best Christmas you ever had because you're at peace. Not about money and gifts, but it's celebrating unto us a son has been given the greatest gift of all. I bless you in Jesus' name, amen.